Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own... Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director, and I'm here with... Hi, everybody. I'm Leah Wetzel, um, Montana's Peer Network's new recovery coach. And I'm also the vice president for the missing, uh, the North Central Montana Missing Murdered Indigenous Task Force. Excellent. Well, Leah, thanks for taking the time to get on a podcast here and welcome to the MPN team. How does it feel so far? It feels great. I don't think I've ever in my life knew that people that I work with and work for could be so supportive. Well, great. So I Excellent. feel pretty blessed. Well, good. good. We're blessed to have you on the team. We're super excited. And today we're going to be talking about Native American recovery, and we're going to learn about MMIP. Uh, you heard Leah say that in her introduction. Um, so she's going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about, you know, a little bit about our, our ideas around what the future could hold for recovery and peer support and, and for Native Americans. So Leah, what Let's just jump in and say what, share with us your thoughts. I mean, what, what brought you to MPN? Well, really my own journey. I've been an active addict since I was 13 years old, dealt with issues. And so at the time that I heard about your peer support training, I was in eighth judicial drug court treatment, treatment court here in Great Falls. And I was working for an agency here in town. And I was there like two days and they said, you would be great for this. And so I took the training and just since then, I've, I've just been so inspired and passionate about what I do. So be honest now, you took PS 101, you're on the team now, so you can tell us the truth. What did you think of PS 101 training? I swear, I thought I knew, like I thought I knew the gist of it. Mm -hmm. And it really, really gave me a more, a bigger picture of recovery, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't just one pathway, that it was, Mm -hmm. you know, people going to where people are in recovery, Mm -hmm. non judgmental, Mm -hmm. where the first time I heard about a safe space, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so I had my own interactions with peer support during one of the most crucial parts of my life Mm -hmm. and so um, I had been already inspired by my peer support I had uh, Brett Course oh yes I remember Brett yeah yeah I think it's his birthday today too hey happy birthday Brett you're listening (laughs) happy belated happy belated birthday you might not be listening today so We'll say happy belated birthday to Brett. That's right. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things in with Peer Support 101, I mean, I think that's, that's, you know, the feedback that we get 
that's that's what we hear. We hear a lot around around that the many pathways and helping people understand that recovery can happen in a lot of different ways and it can happen for a lot of different reasons, right? Like I remember early in my recovery, you know, I had this idea that, so I had a co-occurring diagnosis and it was like, oh, I can be in recovery because I drink too much, but there's no recovery for mental health. Like I had this, this disbelief, you know, I had this really weird, distorted understanding of it because, you know, this is 20, 25, 26 years ago. I mean, we didn't talk about co-occurring things the way we do now. And that idea that recovery is possible and people can be in recovery from a lot of different things, trauma, substance use, mental health, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things. And that's, I think, a really good segue into, we want to talk about this MMIP and human trafficking. And, and, and that's another, another event in a person's life that can cause them to find recovery, right? To find a journey in recovery. And so would you talk to our listeners about what is MMIP and human trafficking and, and how you're involved? Because I think it's really exciting what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's really good work. So tell us, what's, what, what is this? I get asked this a lot. I get asked, what is MMIP? Or what is MMIW, MMM, MMIR? And it's missing murdered indigenous people or relatives. And the human trafficking piece can be people of all, all colors. And really it's there to support all folks. But a lot of people don't know that some of the bills that were passed were to protect women and children on the reservation, mm-hmm. not off. And so a lady by the name of Shanna Bullock Chisholm developed this uh, organization and been volunteer the last three years. And this past February, it became a 501c3. And I actually uh, was introduced to her or given her contact information by the detective that handled my case when, when I was on the verge of being human trafficked. And really lucky, lucky to be here alive today. And I'm very grateful for that man. But I was doing, developing a women's empowerment event and I had a panel. This is when I was partnering with The Sober Life. And I had a panel of women that had been through some, you know, very traumatic experiences and made it out to the other side. And so we pulled Shanna in, who used to be the president of the North Central uh, task force here and she did a presentation and ever since then she just she met me in person and she started sending me these emails and just just made me be a part of the task force you know and so since then I've just really loved and am very passionate about it and mm-hmm. um, I'm now the vice president that's great that's great that's great what are some of the what are some of the goals or the, the vision for the, the North Central MMIP? So our mission is to educate uh, individuals, communities, and, and those who need to know and want to know, which is 
pretty much everybody. We love bringing awareness. We, we do presentations for the schools. Uh, we have, we do, we do presentations in some of the little, little towns around Great Falls, but, but our goal is to, you know, just keep getting this awareness out there and educating people because uh, there's a lot of power in, in that knowledge piece. Mm -hmm. And when you, the first time I seen the presentation, it really hit home. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a part in there where there's, I want to say it's like seven, eight minutes of a song or no, they go through two songs and it's still going. It's still rolling pictures of missing indigenous people. Mm. And so that really hit home to me. Mm -hmm. And then just the awareness of like what to look for. Mm. And mm -hmm. I'm just like surprised how many people didn't, you know, they don't know what the acronyms are or they don't know what, mm -hmm. what the red sand stands for. And mm -hmm. I just love sharing the knowledge that I've learned with these mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I love being able to see the fire be lit underneath them and them get mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do you think why do you think that this is such an issue on Montana reservations? Well, Montana is a state that has, you know, it's up there with one of the states that has the most tribes in it. You know, we got eight tribes mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very rural. It's very mm -hmm. rural area. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's people that are moving up in this area. Mm -hmm. you know and and they're catching my people at a very weak time mm. and that's how drugs play a big part in influencing mm -hmm. people you know well while, mm -hmm. while they're weak and and not mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. and do you think that's that's sort of the gateway to human trafficking is substance use kind of how it starts for people i mean they get caught up in that that scene, so to speak, right, of using and hanging around other people and people who may not be safe. And is that, is that yes. <clears throat> when you're talking about that, where, you know, your people are weak and I mean, we know across the nation, we're having a op opioid epidemic and there's lots of uh, resources, federal resources being put towards that to address it. But I guess what that's what I'm trying to get at is that is that is that how it starts that's sort of the gateway is getting involved with substance use and start using and being around unsafe people and and what happens then I mean what can you tell us a little bit more you know the listeners help them understand that I mean how does that how does that come about It's definitely a gateway mm -hmm. the drug world you know, it could be because of substance use, it could be addiction to that world. And it's also money is behind all of it. Sure. You know, the ones that are at most risk are between 11 and, and 14, 16. Wow. And wow. that young. They look at that young and wow. they look, wow. they start grooming them. They start grooming them at a very young age. And some, some of these kids, are so used to it, they don't even realize it's wrong, mm. you know? And a lot of times people don't see it because they can't, you know, they're expecting this 
this kid that's that's homeless and and you know dirty and no they keep their they look at them as merchandise and they keep mm. their merchandise looking good mm. um but things to look for mm-hmm. is a, a young kid with a really nice phone you know mm. up-to-date iphone mm-hmm. nice clothes mm-hmm. head down you know mm-hmm. head down head shy mm-hmm. you know just recently here in great falls it was like Sunday afternoon, like two o'clock and a nice little boy um, was asked, hey, you know, I'm not from here, I'm lost. Can you show me, you know, can you show me how to get to wherever? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use the phone to lure him and somebody's mm-hmm. in the back of the car mm-hmm. and the, the person's like trying to push him, the other person's pulling him. And luckily mm-hmm. that kid got away. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, it's just crazy. A lot of white bands, you know, mm-hmm. you see them, you hear, you hear about it. There's stories of even adult women getting mm-hmm. attacked and mm-hmm. it's scary. Mm-hmm. And the thing I can say can best help us is being educated and knowledgeable. And, you know, there is information out there that, you know, the numbers aren't, aren't correct just know that we are the majority of indigenous women are 2.5 times highly to be you know sexually assaulted um, within their lifetime Um, our numbers are very high for the indigenous Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it all i feel where the healing occurs is is in recovery and offering um, avenues to learn their learn our ways again mm-hmm. go back to the old ways mm-hmm. because while we're you know in Native American belief while we're using our spirits week mm-hmm. that that's not us and so it takes a moment of sobriety and we got to call our spirits back and we mm-hmm. got to claim our claim our you know our right mm-hmm. to live a health healthy life Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you were telling that story about the, the boy there in Great Falls and sort of surprised me. My, my inclination would be that we're talking mostly about women or girls, young girls, teenage girls, but you said a boy. And so does it impact boys and girls the same? Or you know, do you know, see what I'm saying? I mean, I think when you yeah. would say to somebody missing and murdered, human trafficking, these kinds of things, you would think mostly women or girls, but but it's both men and women. It's both. Um, mm-hmm. The people behind all of this, mm-hmm. they're sick, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. some, mm-hmm. in all reality, some prefer males and some prefer females. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's just um, the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really the human trafficking, this is nothing new. Right. It's nothing right. new. I mean, think back, you know, before I was, you know, a twinkle in my mom's eye, mm-hmm. or is it dad's eye? I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know, the milk cartons, the kids yes. on the milk cartons. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, all I can say is research and find out because it's nothing mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. Same with the boarding school epidemic. 
Yeah. There's nothing new, but social media likes to glorify certain areas of right. the world you, and not so much the other. Okay. Do you think that there's a, is, is there a disparity for Native Americans, the missing and murdered Indigenous people, that, that legislation that passed here in Montana a couple of years ago? was targeting reservations in particular. You mentioned that at the beginning. So is there a disparity on the reservations versus say Great Falls or Helena or anywhere, or is it is it universal? Uh, I would say 110% there's disparity on the reservations. Mm -hmm. I mean, really it's a, they're, they're sovereign, mm -hmm. you know? There's mm -hmm. different roles up there, different laws. Mm -hmm. And whoever finds out about this, they target that area. They mm -hmm. can get away with more things in that area. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even as far as how we hold ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and it goes back to generations and generations of mm -hmm. historical and intergenerational trauma. Sure. I'm guilty of it. Shoulders down, head down, mm -hmm. you know, but... Mm -hmm. But my people, we need to put shoulders back and be proud. You mm -hmm. know, we need to, mm -hmm. we have every right to hold our head up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about, you know, our, your, yours and my <laughs> uh, vision for, you know, indigenous recovery and, and, and peer support in Montana. And this is something that you and I started talking about in the, in the interview process. I mean, we started this conversation then, so let's let's talk a little bit about that and share that with our with our listeners. Okay, so like you said, I already have the job, so I, I mean, I don't have to butter you up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Talk freely. No. Talk freely. <laughs> you got the job, so yeah. <laughs> so hands down, the most inspiring interview process I ever went through. Oh. Amanda calling me and letting me know when it came at a better time in my life. Mm -hmm. And it showed face to me that, you know, creator's hand was was in the midst of it because it was meant to be. I just fell together mm -hmm. perfectly. But I believe it was the second we went through a three day pretty much interview process. And mm -hmm. um, I believe it was the second time we spoke. And the third time we went into it too, because we were on the phone for a long time. And Jim asks, so what are your visions? Mm -hmm. you know, what, are, mm -hmm. what are your goals? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I've just been on fire since I took the Pure 101 training. Mm -hmm. I've really been working hard on implementing my traditional ways into it. And I just feel like, you know, offering this to my people in a situ in a setting like a safe, safe environment for human traffic, having like certified peer support there mm -hmm. working. And then Jim says, Well, actually, I kind of already started doing something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, you know, many years ago now, I mean, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, it's been, 
you know, probably like five years, Montana's Peer Network, we've been going to reservations, particularly the colleges, seem to make a lot of sense to me to go to the colleges and could we get uh, Peer Support 101 into all of the, the Native American colleges across the state so that the class could be taught, in my mind, you know, culturally appropriately, right? Like, I say this, like, like I go to Blackfoot College and I teach PS 101 and I introduce myself and I tell everybody my little story about how I got introduced to reservations in, in Montana, you know, and it's this hilarious story and everybody laughs, you know, but I say, look, this is a white person, you know, who's going to teach you about peer support, but really, I think Native American culture already lends itself to peer support, you you already have that's already embedded in your culture, and I mm. think that the training should be then, um, you know, uh, whatever however you want to say it, updated or altered, you know, to match. I mean, if I'm at Little Bighorn College, then it should have the Crow language in the training. It should have the nuances of the culture. If I'm at Stonechild College, you know, then it should have Chippewa Cree should be embedded within the training and it shouldn't be a white guy teaching it, you know? And, and I say this, you know, and because and, we've been around to, you know, Salish Kootenai, we, we've been there, you know? And so, you know, you see what's happening in the college and how wonderful it is with how the, the native language is dominant in the, in the posters and the literature and the names of the rooms and English is secondary. So it seems to me that this would be a great opportunity to have peer support embedded in the colleges and have the colleges just offer them every semester, let's say, you know, once a semester you have the course, next semester you have it again, then you could train as many peer supporters as you want. I mean, you could, you know, if you had it twice a year, that's, that was my vision. And I was always sort of keeping my eye out for the right person. And then, like you said, Leah, you know, the opportunity came, we had a job opening and Amanda reached out to you and, you know, and, and, and I knew who you were. I mean, I knew you were one of our members. I knew you were pretty active and it was, it, it was great. You know, it was great when you applied and started going through the interview process. And we had this similar ideas because you you've actually you have a little different idea where where peer, what like mine is to train the people but yours is actually a little more with the with the with the houses right so do you want to talk about that just since we're starting my work with task force and you know doing the work I do with recovery you know they really go hand in hand hugely I just my goal is to have a liaison of every reservation here in Montana and have them build a subcommittee off of North Central Task Force and you know start looking into some some funds which we actually already have started with some friends at Little Show and having resources for our human traffic like housing, clothes, giving them purpose mm -hmm. and having, having certified, trained peer support in these, you know, quote unquote, safe houses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, letting them learn their ways, you mm -hmm. know, 
these peer support be implementing the language, the culture, the ways, mm-hmm. and, and letting them get back in tune with their roots, mm-hmm. you know, and teaching them, you know, the, the eight dimensions of wellness and teaching them, you know, how to stay economically stable. Mm-hmm. Because there's a huge, there's a huge pushback for folks to come off even the reservation Um, to stay economically stable in the quote-unquote white men's world Mm -hmm. and so this is a good place to have you know a team of support Mm -hmm. you know within those places and and teach them how Mm -hmm. to you know Mm -hmm. I mean me myself I didn't know how to have a friendship a relationship like Mm -hmm. teaching these teaching them teaching our people how to how to do these things and yeah. how to be able to be stable in life and mm-hmm. and productive and give them purpose it sounds it sounds great i mean it's a great vision you know it really is and it's a it's very interesting because it it marries these two things for you the mmip work that you're doing and we haven't even talked about the wellbriety We'll have to do another podcast just on that alone and really delve into all of that and how that fits in. And then Montana's Peer Network with peer support and what this could look like and how it could be developed. And that idea that I have with getting the, the training into the colleges, right? So that makes it available and it reduces the cost. Um, down significantly because realistically we we can't go to every reservation every semester and teach the class. I mean, there there's no way we don't have the capacity to do that. So right, right? and then build and then build the and then build the safe houses or you know right mm-hmm. so that there's a place for the peer supporters to work and support others who may be survivors of human trafficking or substance use, addiction, mental health issues, right? I mean, that's right. that's a great vision. I mean, it really is. And I think it's it's attainable. I, I really do. I think that it's it's very attainable. Yeah. I'm just really excited, you know, as we start reaching out and get the process going with the colleges you know, possibly partnering with some of them and developing a board for us to start these types of projects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are out of time, Leah. Thanks so much for, you know, jumping in here and we got through, got, got through the first podcast for, for December, we're going to be focused on native American recovery webinars, podcasts, some trainings. We're going to be putting stuff out in the newsletter. So Leah is now the go-to person here at uh, Montana's Peer Network for, you know, developing this and uh, being the champion along the way, because we've been, we've been wanting this for a long time and just super excited. Thanks again, Leah. I mean, thanks for joining the team and having such a great vision. Thanks for having me, Jim. You know, this is, NPM's already become my family. And so I'm really looking forward to to showing the world, you know, what we we get to offer. Excellent. 
All right. And to you, the listener, please tune in each week as we do another Recovery Talks podcast. Thank you so much and have yourself a wonderful day. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.